looking to learn more on how to build wealth through real estate? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Make Money Make Sense podcast with Dante Belmonte. Each episode, we have the privilege to bring you a professional in the real estate world. One that will help you become a top investor, whether that's a passive role or managing the day-to-day. Let's jump right in. All right, Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on today. How are you doing? Fantastic. Thanks for having me, Dante. Of course. Always a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time. Do you just want to go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about yourself real quick? Sure. My name's Dan Rivshine. I'm a, a real estate agent. Been selling homes since 2007. Got my license after working in uh, restaurants for most of my adult life after I got in the Army. And, um, you know, got got my license in 2007, really fell on my face the first six months and sold zero homes. And, uh, you know, was looking for, you know, a better way to be able to sell homes and, and got some coaching to, to really, you know, follow a systematic plan. And, and in 2008, uh, 18 months after I got my license, I had a lot of success. After the first six months, I was able to buy the brokerage that I owned or buy the brokerage that I, I guess I worked for and then owned that for 10 years and sold that in 2018 and sell real estate full time today. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. I mean, we're going to, I touched on it in the intro, but I'll touch on it again. Your book, uh, Real Estate Evolution, Consistent and Predictable Income for Real Estate Agents. I think it's a great book. I really enjoyed it, especially being a real estate agent myself. Um, I even took some stuff out of there that I don't usually talk about or do. So I think that's great. Um, I I kind of put down some points in the book that I really enjoyed and wanted to talk about. Um, But a little bit Real quick, tell us about the market you're in and some business, the amount of business that you're usually doing annually with yourself and your team. I'm in the Northern Virginia market. And when I sold the brokerage, I started to redevelop my sales team. So I first did the uh, operation side and then I did the lead generation side about maybe eight months ago or so. I started to hire on agents. Last year, I did 89 transactions. We're continuing to grow. I've got 20 uh, transactions pending today. And so uh, we expect in 2021 to hit 200 transactions plus. And um, and we'll continue to grow right now. That's great. I love that. And talk to me a little bit about the book. What was the reason for writing the book? And what would you say the main purpose of that book is? When I sold the brokerage, I didn't, there was like a, a piece of my life where it's like, okay, I know that there's another, you know, the next step in my journey. I just wasn't quite sure what that was going to be. So I took a, some time, to, you know, masterminding with some of my mentors and my coaches, et cetera. And I met with a mentor and he had, I asked him to coach me and he said, no, until, uh, and then I said, well, what would it take? He said, well, why don't you do this, Dan? So you got an immense amount of knowledge. You've learned a lot throughout your journey. You've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on your own coaching. Why don't you put that into a book or start to write it at least and then share that with others? So that was the inspiration for me to be able to write the book. And, and it really, it was actually more, why don't you write a bunch of eBooks? And I thought I was writing about eBooks and then I was about three months into writing and I realized like, oh my goodness, like I'm actually writing a real book here. So I say I I wrote the book accidentally, at least at the beginning, because I didn't intend to write a book when I started. And um, who I ended up writing it for is for agents that specifically, you know, have that inconsistency and are riding that roller coaster and 
you know, intended to get off that roller coaster to have closings every month so they can rely on their futures and not have to be scared, you know, like, okay, how am I going to pay the bills? That type of thing. Right. I mean, you say right there, consistent and predictable income, and that's huge in this business because you're paid upon performance. You're not on a salary. You're not hourly. Uh, The business you produce is the income that you'll receive. And that's huge. And especially being a starting agent, it's very difficult. Like you were saying, your first six months, you didn't really sell anything. And that's the case for a lot of agents. Um, Let's start and kind of talk about that. So you know, how should a new agent get started in this business? What tips and tricks would you give them? And especially in a competitive market like today. A competitive market or no, or non-competitive. Well, here's the thing. First of all, it's always a competitive market. That's true. You know, yeah. and so, you know, when I started, it was a market of short sales and REOs. And, you know, so there's just different challenges. So it's recognizing that if it was easy, then everybody would succeed. And understanding that actually reality of it is that few, few succeed. So what I tell new agents is to identify their God-given strengths of a short-term lead generation strategy and a long-term lead generation strategy. And so then with the short-term lead generation strategy, what is it that you love to do? What is it that you have a passion to do? What is it that you um, are good at doing? Identify that and then do that only. And then do that on steroids. So that's going to be one or two strategies. Um, so, for example, if you like for sale by owners, that could be a strategy. If you like doing Facebook ads, that could be a strategy. Open houses could be a strategy. But you don't want to do more than two of those because then you get distracted and diluted. But the one that you choose, let's say you chose open houses, for example. My recommendation would be to say, let's do four open houses a weekend now. And that seems insane when you listen, when you think about it. But is it? Because really, if you do two two-hour open houses on a Saturday, two two-hour open houses on a Sunday, that's about five hours worth of work. You got to commute in, but you'd have to commute into any other nine-to-five job, and now you're you're you know instead of an eight-hour job, you're working a five-hour job. And if you did that every single weekend, and you chose that as your lead generation source, and that's all that you did, there's no way you could tell me that in thirty days from the day. You don't have business. It's impossible. Yeah. I don't care what your skill set is. I don't care what your resources are. That's 16 open houses that you could host in the next 30 days. And I guarantee, promise you that you'll have a closing in 45 days from today. Right. You'll so have a buyer it, walking through that door. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that so I would pick one to two, no more, of a short-term strategy. And then I would pick one long-term strategy. The long-term strategy takes about 18 months to get that up and running. Uh, and so the reason why you want a long term is because the short term is you don't necessarily want to be having a hustle every single day of your career. So that's a long term strategy. So, for example, I got a, uh, a referral yesterday from somebody I met five years ago. That was an unsolicited, unexpected referral. And it's, you know, it's somebody that's, you know, I would give it a 99 percent chance that the referral is going to hire me. The only, the only way they don't hire me is if maybe something in their life changes, you know, their situation changes, that type of thing. So that's why you want the long-term strategies, which is going to be typically going to be uh, going to be marketing to a neighborhood or marketing to your sphere systematically. And then that takes about 18 months for that to, to pay dividends. But it only, takes, it, it only pays dividends if you continue to work it. Because what most yeah. people do is they'll send, they'll start sending postcards to a neighborhood or to their, 
to their uh, family and friends and they do it for three months and they say, well, this sucks. This doesn't do anything. Right. So you have this. But I'm telling you right now, it takes 18 months before that's optimized. And so you have to be able to stick with it. Yeah. And I think kind of touching back on what you're saying, you gave the example of open houses. That's actually how I got started. You know, I was 20 years old. I was super young and I, you know, being young, it was very difficult. But what I did was as soon as I got my license, I called every single agent in my brokerage that had a listing. And I said, Hey, would you want more exposure on your listing? I'd love to host an open house on it and just kind of utilize that and did, you know, three, four every weekend to build up that book of business and start getting that those buyers, those leads coming in and you're hundred percent right within 45 days, you should have your, you know, your first closing. And that's just it. Um, talk about the, the seven habits of uh, top salespeople. So what are those habits? And do you want to touch on a little bit? Yeah. So the, uh, so lead generate every day. Yeah. That's habit number one. And so I um, have a sign in my office. I've had it since almost day one that says that we're in the lead generation business specializing in real estate sales. And so top producers, successful real estate agents understand, and this is true to any business, that it's lead generation comes first. Now you can break that into two areas. Lead generation could be prospecting, it could be marketing. Prospecting costs you time, marketing costs you money. Yep. So anything that you pay for is going to be marketing. Anything that you take your time is going to be prospecting. And so, uh, so understanding that will allow for you to, to say, if I got no money, guess what it's going to be? It's going to be spending your time. Right, the prospecting. You can't scale that, though. That's the challenge. That's why you want to supplement it with marketing, because if you want to build a, a, a substantial business, then at some point you have to add marketing to it because you run out of the resource that allows for, to you to, for you to prospect. That resource is time. Okay. And so it's like you start a business prospecting and then you transfer it into marketing and then you do both. And so that's where I am in my business, where I've been for first several, several years. Um, and, you know, and you have to have that understand. So, so lead generation is, is uh, habit number one. Habit number two, I go through in the book, real estate evolution is time blocking. And that's taken, uh, there's five activities that you're going to make you money. We call the CPI time. Those five activities that are going to make you money are lead generate, convert those leads to appointment, go on appointment, negotiate, and scripture role play. So if you yeah. know that those are the five things that are going to make you money, then place those onto your calendar so that you can make certain that you're uh, that you're doing the activity on a regular basis. Habit number three is to provide massive value to others. So in every activity that you do, you consider how can I add value to you. And you have to add more value than what you're even expecting in return. So I had a life coach once upon a time that said to me, said, Dan, what is it that you want out of life? And this had nothing to do with real estate sales. And I said to him, I said, uh, and Matt is his name. I said, Matt, I want to have a great relationship with my parents who been, you know, got divorced when I was a little kid and, and my brother. So this is three different entities. And Matt says, well, what would that look like? I said, well, it looked like they would call me once a week and they would ask me, you know, you know, like really meaningful questions, not just like, how's the weather, how's the business? Mm-hmm. And we would have an authentic conversation. And Matt says, I got a recipe for you. If you follow my recipe, I guarantee you that as an outcome. I said, shoot, what's the, what's the recipe? He says, okay, if you want them to call you once a week and have that conversation with you, you call them three times a week and have that conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you that you'll have what you're seeking. Right. 
I did what he said. He was right. And now those are the three relationships at a time were distant and today are all three close and they're separate relationships. So habit number three is to provide massive value. Habit number four in the book, I said, ask for uh, referrals consistently. When I dive into the, uh, into the book, I really uh, talk about specifically when do you ask for a referral? You specifically ask for a referral when somebody says, thank you. So you should be like Havlon's dog. They say, thank you. You should immediately respond. You're welcome. And oh, by the way, who else do you know that's in your situation that's looking for an agent like me to be able to provide them that same level of service of whatever it is that you just did? Yeah. Somebody in your family, somebody in your in your work, somebody you go to church with, who comes to mind? And that's when you ask for a referral. And the other piece of that is to set, proactively set the, the expectations. So I took a listing earlier today. And when I'm taking a listing, last thing I'm having a conversation with them, say, thank you very much for the opportunity. We're going to take great care of you. And here's the level of service I'm going to provide to you. And I go through and I tell them how I'm going to communicate with them effectively, excessively, take great care of them, use the experience and expertise to be able to serve them. And in return, what I ask for is the right to earn a five-star review and the right to earn your referrals for anybody that's in your mar- in your world that's looking, you know, for a real estate related uh, need. Mm-hmm. Is it is that fair that when I provide this level of service to you that you that you uh, provide that in return? So it's setting the expectation of both the uh, positive referral as well as the positive review. St- habit number uh, five is start early. Habit number six is have the right mindset, and habit number seven is take plan breaks. And so that's what we see and what I've observed that the top successful agents do to be able to generate those highly successful things. So it's lead generate every day, time block, provide massive value to others, ask for reviews consistently, start early, have the right mindset and take planned breaks. Yeah, no, those are all very important. I find them to be super helpful. And, you know, a lot of that stuff I already did, but some of those things I had to add in there, like, take plan breaks. Like that's pretty big too. And that's, you know, pivotal you to the business. You do. Yeah. Exactly. It's like that recharge time. Um, some little things I caught in the book throughout that I just kind of thought that were really good. And they're more uh, a mindset pieces is, and I want the audience to hear these is, uh, accept that hundred percent of everything that happens is your fault. And that's so true, not blaming it on others and just seeing what, you know, if it was your fault, how can you kind of fix it? And then admitting to mistakes, that's huge as well. And then, you, you kind of say saying this to clients when you're meeting with them before they hire you or pick you as their agent is as your agent, what do you expect of me? Kind of planting that seed in the back of their head and making them think that they've already hired you and doing that is kind of a little mind game, but it, it works. And it's, it's true. Um, state the positive info first, then the vital and specific strategies after. So kind of starting up front on a good, uh, a good foot Um and then over communication is key to your success. I mean, that's pretty big as well Is just instead of under communicating and like you were saying, someone like yourself or on your team is consistently, consistently staying in contact with your guys' clients. That way they know that you're there for them and they're top of mind for you as well. I think those are all pretty big and I really enjoyed those. The, uh, the consistent communication. So I told the story in the book where my daughter, when she was a young child, two years old, uh, a little bit long, uh, earlier than that. She was still in diapers. We took her to a Montessori school 
And uh, we took her to that Montessori school. We had to drive a little bit because it was the only one that was local, semi-local to us that took a child in diapers. And uh, when we were there, the, um, uh, the head uh, minister, she would, she would communicate with us like crazy. And she would text to us, she would email, she would call us, she would do everything. It was a little bit annoying just to be candid with you, right? But then we moved, we found our dream home. And uh, at the time it wasn't our dream home, right? But it's become our dream home. And uh, I talk about that in the book as well. But we find, we find our dream home and, um, and we change schools. Now, again, this is preschool. We go to a new school and Maggie, my daughter, you know, she, and one day, you know, she's in this new school. I look at Tracy, my wife, and I say, honey, I say, I'm not sure. I think this school sucks. And so they had this thing where you could pop in on a Friday and you don't have to, you could pop it on and out and just sort of check it out. And I said, let's do that on Friday. We go there. And what I found was the school was equal. And so then over the weekend, I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, what's the difference between these two schools? One, I think is world-class. The other, I think sucks. But when I observe, I observe this, the same, you know, the same right. um, level. What's the difference? One over communicated, the other zero communication. Mm, made you worried. Like something was wrong almost. It made me think that they suck. Yeah. Okay. It made me think that they were giving my daughter bad care. It made me think that the school was not adequate. Yet it was. So it taught me a valuable lesson in business, which was, it doesn't matter how good of a job I do. It doesn't matter how good of a job our team does. What matters is how effective and how consistently we're communicating. Because even when something goes wrong and you're communicating with them consistently, then the client, and it's real estate, things will go wrong. But when you're, when you're over-communicating with them, what I found is that then the client is not necessarily going to, they're, they're going to understand that you're in it for them and things happen as opposed to beating you over the head because something, you know, uh, went, went haywire. Yeah, exactly. Let's kind of switch gears a little bit over into current market situation. So it's no secret that real estate's on fire right now and the market's very competitive. It is always competitive, but it seems to be more competitive now. Describe to us a little bit about what you're seeing in the market in general. Well, I mean, I'm seeing what everybody else is seeing, right? I'm seeing 35% less inventory being sold than a year ago. I was in a marketplace that listing uh, that I was at this morning. It was 75% year over year, less active homes than a year ago. Um, and so, and particularly in my marketplace, because we had even the two years before the pandemic, uh, because I'm in Northern Virginia marketplace and Amazon had announced a second headquarter coming to our area. So we had the supply had, had slacked off about 35% through 2018 and 19 because of that, because people were in over anticipating the escalation of prices. So then March of 2020, we thought our local marketplace was going to, you know, explode with inventory. Well, that's where our local marketplace, and now this is true to everybody else that may be listening to this. So March of 2020, now it's 35% down from March, April, and May of 2020 for uh, buyers and sellers. June of 2020, what happened was the buyers started buying, but the sellers did not did not sell. And so you continue with that 35% less inventory all the way up into today, and now it's compounded. And so that's helped, that's helped appreciate prices. It's all emotion. You know, at this point, it's all emotion because it's, it's sort of like when you were in high school or college and you threw a party and two people came, well, two people came. But if you threw a party and 40 people came, guess what? 500 people came. 
Right. You know, right. it's 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 the motion breeds activity, and that's what we're experiencing in the marketplace currently. And so that's what we're seeing right now. So what do you do about it? So first, what you do about it, uh, it's going to depend on where you are in your business, right? Well, certainly always looking for the listings is going to be where it's at. Oh, yeah, guaranteed sale today. <laughs> oh, but that's true anytime. That's yeah. true anytime. Like you should always be looking for listings. I've done that for 14 years. Yep. In, in you know, different markets, it's always look for the listings. Uh, but here, let's say that you're, you're newer and you don't have the, you know, the momentum yet and you're working with more buyers, how do you get a buyer's offer accepted? Well, there's four things that, that, we're, that I'm recommending to my team members for every buyer, every offer that they're writing, there's a couple of strategic things that we can do. First is make sure that you're, happy, you're creating a relationship with the listing agent if you don't already have that relationship. Second, find somebody in your office that may already have a relationship with that listing agent. All right, so like, for example, if Dante, you're on the other side, I don't know who you are, Send a group message, you know, hopefully you've got some sort of chat with your office, that type of thing. Say, hey, who, who knows Dante? Oh, I know him. You know, he and I, we go to the church together. All right, great. Hey, can you introduce me to him? Right. So if somebody you go to church with introduce me to you, you're going to be much more likely inclined to, you know, to fight for my buyer's offer with your seller. Okay. Right. Or advocate would be a better word than fight to advocate for it, right? So, so step number one is create the relationship with the, with the listing agent. Step number two is find somebody that already has the relationship. Step number three is to get your lender to call the listing agent. And then, uh, and then step number four is to have your uh, buyers write a love letter, okay? And so those are four things that you can do right now that I can tell you as a listing agent that's taking on average almost three listings every single week so as a listing agent, I can tell you right now, less than 20% of the offers that I'm receiving, do the buyer's agent do any of that? No, yeah. Okay, like it amazes me that they're not doing this. Okay, but if if I'm a buyer's agent and I'm, you know, I'm, you know, intending to get my offers accepted, those are four easy things you could do right now for every single one of your offers. Yeah, and so can I touch on that last one? That was actually an approach I went to go take with, one of my buyers in New York state for fair housing, they actually made it so you cannot submit letters from buyer to seller. So unfortunately that kind of took our step away. New York gets a little strict with that stuff. <laughs> well, here's my suggestion, maybe New Jersey. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Of course, if it doesn't work in your marketplace, then there's that. And I get that. And, um, and that is something that when you're looking at, uh, if you are in a position where that's not, you know, that is legal, you still want to be, uh, there's seven protected classes in real estate. One of them's family, and so you want to be careful with the way that you're presenting the uh, the the letters, so that you're not mentioning family, that you're yep. being very general in the way that you're uh, positioning it, and that you're not, you know, obviously, um, you know, mentioning anything that may be a protected class. And in your state, there may be more than seven protected classes. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, especially in New York State. There's like 100 protected classes. That's a different story, though. So. Yeah, you, you kind of hit one of my next questions was strategy to win deals for buyers today. You talked on that. I really like that. Um, how are you getting listings today? Talk to us about that. Because obviously, listings is the name of the game. You, you, you generate at least two buyers from each listing or what you should be doing. So how are you generating those listings? Yeah, so generating a business. There's a lot of different, well, what I'm doing right now, I'll share with you what I'm doing. It may not be relevant for everybody. 
Okay, so right. I'm, so I'm going to share with you what I'm doing and then what I would do if I didn't have the resources. So I've got a team of inside sales agents who are in the Philippines, virtual assistants yep. that spend the time soliciting uh, sellers and buyers. Spend the time texting. I'll give you a specific strategy that anybody could do that RSAs are doing for us, which is texting absentee owners. And so the uh, a text to, to landlords would be something like, hey, uh, Bob, I, I uh, see that you're an owner of 123 Main Street. And I was just curious with the market being the hottest it's ever been in the entire history of, of real estate, is, have you ever considered to possibly sell your, sell your house? Okay, so that's a strategy right now that we're finding works very, very well. But again, it goes back into making sure you're paying attention, do not call laws and all that type of stuff, right? So, you know, the, you got to use your judgment on the way that you use some of these strategies. Uh, we, we get a lot of uh, sellers from referrals. We get a lot of sellers from, we still are listing for sale by owners. We're still listing for sale by owners right now. We're just listing less than what we did previously. And so then as the, um, you know, as the market shifts, you just, you know, uh, my for sale, here's my for sale by owner class. If I could introduce you to somebody right now who 100% wants to sell, wants to sell 100% and they've not hired an agent yet, would you want to meet them? Of course. Yeah. I just described a FISMA. Yep. So the thing that most agents do is they solicit, they go to the listings and they solicit the business. They look for the listing. What I teach instead is I teach solicit the relationship. Provide them value, help them. And when you're able to provide them value and help them and then consistently follow up with them, on average in the past, one out of five would end up hiring. Now our numbers have shifted somewhat. Now it's one out of seven. Mm. Yet, even if you do the math, if you go, it used to be, I used to say, if you want to take 50 listings in the next year, go to one for sale by owner today. And then, and then, and then do what I just said and one for sale by owner tomorrow, one for sale by owner on Wednesday or whatever day of the week, you know, that you listen to and do that five days a week. So now if you still want to take 50, then you got to go to, you know, two of those five days, you got to go to two and the other three days you go to, you go to one. Mm -hmm. And if you do that and you intend to provide value, intend to help them to show them how to advertise on Facebook, show them how to hold the open house, show them how to do all the things that, that you have the expertise to do and create the relationship and follow up with them. Hey, how did the open house go last weekend on a Monday? One out of seven will hire you today. And then hopefully that will get back to one out of five once the market shifts back to uh, equilibrium. Yeah, I like that. And, and again, you're just hitting these questions right before I right before I ask them. You know, I was going to say, how, how are you chasing after Fizbo's? What kind of value you're adding? I love it. And well, let, me, let me expand on the value then. All right. Let, yeah. so, so, all right. So here's what we're doing for the value. So for the value is I have, um, uh, I put together. So if you go to my, my team website is greetingsvirginia.com. If you go to my coaching website, which is the CPI community.com, you can pick up all these assets that I'm talking about. So everything that I'm talking about here, I'm using in real life on greetingsvirginia.com. Uh, you'd have to search for this, uh, but on the, the CPI, uh, CPI community.com is the coaching site. I have all this stuff on there. And so on that website, 
you'll find assets to be able to share with your for sale by owners. So with the for sale by owners, for example, you can share, here's how to do an open house. You can share, here's all the documents that you're going to need for the sale. You can share, here's how to post your property on Facebook and the directions of exactly how to do that. Okay. These are some of the things that you could be able to do to be able to demonstrate to them how you can help them. And, and then just simply say, say, Dante, I'm here to be able to show you how you can do this on your own. I respect you very much because you're intending to do this on your, on your own because you want to make the most amount of money and you're smart. And the only thing that I would ask you in, re in response to me helping you by sharing with you this information, the only thing that I ask for you is if you do decide to hire an agent that you allow for me to apply for the job. Is that fair? Yes, boom. It removes all the friction, removes all the objection, and then it allows for you to work on the relationship and not hustling to try to take the listing. Yeah. And then when Dante ends up not, not selling, then uh, then guess what? It's going to be you that, that Dante's going to talk to. Yeah, I love that. What about for expired listings? How are you approaching expired listings and how are you attracting them to actually list with them? So uh, in my marketplace, there's not a lot of expired listings. So what we're doing is we're looking at aged expires mm. and the way that we're approaching the age. And when I say age expires, these are these are listings that would have sold or were on the market and expired a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. That definitely and so what we're doing... That. Absolutely. So we know that they've already expressed a desire to sell. And now it may be a timing issue because maybe they rented it then. Okay. But at least if you can get into the radar right now, if they did rent it in the lease is another two, three months or whatever, then you're already ahead and you're already starting that relationship before the end of that lease. And so to be able to approach them, it's the same sort of strategy that I was talking about with the absentees where you're, you, know, you can just simply text and say, Hey, I see that you were you were um, intending to sell last year. Just curious um, if I could get you the amount of money that you're intending to get for your sale, and be able to, you know, to meet your price that you're looking for today. Would you consider to sell? And just engage in conversation. You can do that on text. You can do that on email. You can do that on a phone call. You know, I'm giving you different ways because not everyone's comfortable to make a cold call. I get it. Yeah. You know, like me, I'll make a cold call all day long. I don't care, right? But, you know, that's not for everybody. And, and it shouldn't be for everybody because it goes back to what is your God-given skill? Let's rock and roll with that. If it makes you nauseous to think about, you know, working expires, then don't. Then, you know, go do open houses or do Facebook ads or do something. But what you don't have an option of is doing nothing. Right. You, you know, it's, it's figuring out there's about 15 different ways you can get business today. Figure out which of those 15 that resonate with you and then do that, you know, do that on steroids. Yeah. And kind of touching back to the virtual assistants you were talking about, we sure. just had another agent on a, a, a few weeks ago and he was talking about how he, he was in the Bay Area, a very competitive area, and he was utilizing virtual assistants and getting upwards of 90 units or uh, 90 listings a year, which is just phenomenal. And so that's a great tool too. If you have uh, the capital available and the time to invest and research it, definitely suggest people to head over there and check that out. Um, Dan, before we head over to the next section of the show, did you have any other, uh, anything else you wanted to go over or anything in your book or just in general concept? Well, I'll tell you, if, if you do, if you are interested in virtual assistance, uh, I do teach a class, Evolve to Scale. 
And if you go to the cpicommunity.com, you can find that, uh, that, at that asset that will show you exactly how to hire a virtual assistant, show you exactly how to lead them and what they can be useful to be able to help and, and, and um, assist you with. I've used virtual assistants since about 2008 and it has evolved. I've got 15 virtual assistants that work for me today and they work with me today. And that is my uh, operations department, my marketing department, and my, my lead generation department are all virtual of those 15 wow. members that support a, a, a small team of agents of uh, three agents plus myself. Wow, that is phenomenal. Love that. I'm definitely going to have to head over to your website, check that out. We're going to head over to our section of the show called The Curious Cues. I'm going to throw some questions at you that we ask each guest and we'll get your answers on them. Question number one, favorite podcast you enjoy listening to? Consistent Predictable Income. All right. Podcast. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. We'll, we'll let it. We'll let... Tim Ferriss. All right. Fair enough. Uh, favorite <laughs> book, not I'll go real estate. I'll go with Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss is my second. Yeah, he's he's great. What's he that is. favorite I, book? I love his book. Oh, Four Hour Work Week. Love that too. But favorite book is the next one, yeah. not mentioning your own. <laughs> oh, man. Come on. Uh, favorite book. How could I give you one favorite? Think and Grow Rich. Um, yep. May I give you a few? Oh, yeah. Go for it, please. All right. Think and Grow Rich. Oh, all right. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Open by Andre Agassi. And if you listen to Open, you should you should actually um, you should actually listen to that one. That's a freaking that that one is made for Audible. Um, uh, Millionaire Real Estate Agent by Gary Keller, Jay Papasan and Dave James. Classic. Yep. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, I could just like look at my desk here. Anything by Russell Brunson for uh, marketing. Books here. The Bible. Bible's over there. That's a pretty good Amen. book. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so someone, uh, it was funny, someone on Facebook, they commented, they're like, looking to get some real estate investing books and someone tagged me or some good books. And I just said Bible. I was like, just kidding, but you still should read that one. It's a great read. And then give them a few. So it's funny. Uh, how about uh, biggest hurdle in real estate you had to overcome? When I started in real estate sales, I thought that I would be able to find business and hand it off to agents. And then those agents would be able to close the business and we'd all make a billion dollars. <laughs> what I learned was that I had to develop myself as a leader and I had to develop myself as somebody to be able to understand how to effectively build an organization so that I could put my lead generation talents to best use. Yeah. And so what I, what I did was to say, let's build upon the lead generation in regards to understanding how to build an organization and then how to lead. And my definition of leadership is to teach other people how to think so that they can get what they want. Awesome. I love that. What about favorite non-real estate related hobby? So when you're not selling real estate or doing anything real estate related, what are you doing in your free time? I got three things in my life and I ain't got no time for anything else. So those three things in my life that I've got is my family, my health, and my businesses. Mm. Now, as a part of my health, I do enjoy uh, racing and triathlons. And as a part of my business, I do enjoy improv. 
And okay. so what I do is I sort of tie everything together because to me, I'll go out and have fun on improv, right? But guess what? That also develops the skill for me to have this conversation with you. Yeah. And, I, you know, I don't care what question you ask for me. I'll roll with it, right? Because, you know, it is what it is. So I sort of look for things to do in my life that I get multiple outcomes from. Yeah, I like that. What about newbie advice? So what advice would you give to someone that's looking to become a new real estate agent? It's a lead generation business. Same advice that I gave you previously. And it's also the other piece of it is as a new, new, new agent. Let me tell you the truth. The truth is your best case scenario is a paycheck 90 days from now. Your most likely scenario is a paycheck 90 days to, to 180 days from now. doesn't have to be that way, by the way. You can follow my yeah. advice that I gave you earlier and you can have a, a paycheck sooner. However, understanding that the activity that you do today will not pay for 90 to 180 days from now is the number one thing that as a new agent, you should understand. See, I'm fortunate. The activity that I do is still getting paid 90 to 180 days from today, but I have the momentum that I did the activity 90 to 180 days before and I'm getting a paycheck today. Right. Once you understand that, then you have to sit there and then plan for that unique long tail of outcome, you know, activity leading to outcome. It's a long tail. So then you have to figure out how do I get through that journey? And most likely it's going to be a part-time job. Uh, it could be like perhaps a spouse may be able to support you or save yeah. up six months to a year worth of income. Right. And then you can get started. It, yeah. the, the way I always described it was before I sold real estate, I actually sold cars and uh -huh. it's polar opposites. You're, you're sitting in the showroom, the product's right there and the customer's coming to you. You're not doing any lead gen. You know, whoever owns the dealership is the one putting in the money, the dollars to bring in the customers, but they're coming to you versus real estate. You're not sitting there. The product's not there with you and you're going to the customer is really what you're doing, the consumer. So it's kind of opposite there. So when I made that transition, it was a big transition for me because I was so used to, and I mastered one day, I was very good at what I did. And when I switched roles, it was kind of reverse. I had to do everything the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Dan, real quick, why don't you plug in websites, uh, social media links, wherever you'd like people to go to, to learn more about you and uh, possibly even talk with you. www.danrushon.com, R-O-C-H-O-N.com is uh, where you can, um, you know, basically that's like a hub for everything that we offer. I do do a regular monthly five-day listing challenge where I go through with, with students uh, live and we do uh, five days of taking listings in today's market without having to cold call beg or knock on doors. And we host that at the CPI community on Facebook. So if you uh, go on Facebook and find the, uh, the CPI community, you'll be able to find our next upcoming uh, five-day listing challenge. And I, I actually, on those listing challenges, I actually go through and I, I do the work and I show you the responses and we're doing it together. And 